Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Every week we have exclusive interviews with your favorite BC student athletes, professors, alumni, and more. Make sure to follow The Heights on Instagram and Facebook to recommend guests you'd like to hear from. You can catch up on the latest headlines on The Heights Facebook and Twitter pages every Monday. Today is exciting because we have a very special guest, Professor Jeffrey Bellows. Professor Bellows is the Vice President of Corporate Citizenship and Public Affairs at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts and also teaches at Boston College's Carroll School of Management. Blue Cross Blue Shield ensures one in three Americans and often leads by example through its corporate social responsibility efforts. We brought him here today to discuss the importance of the CSR, his role at Blue Cross Blue Shield, and how Professor Bellows translates those values to his teaching style here at BC. Yeah, thank you for being here. Um, so for those who haven't uh, heard of Blue Cross Blue Shield before, um, can you please share like a little bit about the company and, and what your role in the company is? Sure. Uh, so thank you both for having me today. I'm honored to, to be here with, with you all. Um, so my role at Blue Cross, I, as, as Sion said, I am the Vice President of Corporate Citizenship and Public Affairs here at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts. So the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association is a national association of 34 independent community-based and locally operated Blue Cross Blue Shield companies. So since the, the early part of the 1900s, so since about 1929, 1929, Blue Cross Blue Shield companies have provided healthcare coverage to members, uh, allowing them to live free of worry, fear, um, you know, about their health. So in every zip code across the country, Blue Cross offers a personalized approach to healthcare based on the needs of the communities where the members live and work. So that's a really important distinction of Blue Cross. Um, the, the, the com our companies work very closely with hospitals and doctors and communities that they serve to provide quality and affordable healthcare. And all of the 34 companies understand and, and answer to the needs of the local communities while providing nationwide healthcare coverage that opens doors for the 114.5 million members that Blue Cross serves in all 50 states, including Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico. Uh, nationwide, more than 1.7 million doctors and hospitals contract with Blue Cross Blue Shield companies, and that's more than any other um, healthcare insurance company across the country. Um, thank you for explaining for our listeners what Blue Cross Blue Shield is and its purpose. Um, so a little background about corporate social responsibility for those listening that aren't really familiar with it. It's a management concept in which corporations act sustainably and responsibly to contribute to society and protect the environment. This incentivizes decision-making to impact all stakeholders rather, rather than just financially motivated decisions. Can you talk a little bit about why Blue Cross Blue Shield prioritizes its corporate social responsibility? Yes, sure, of course, be happy to. Um, what I would say also that's a big and a very important part to stress with this whole conversation today is that the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association, as I mentioned, is made up of 34 um, independent companies that kind of come together and work together in a unique way. So the, we all work very locally in the local communities that we serve. For, so, so for me, that is the state of Massachusetts. So at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts, our corporate citizenship mission is to help all Massachusetts residents lead healthy lives and to create more equitable and just communities across the state. So we're committed to promoting health justice by working with nonprofit partners to eliminate the physical and social barriers that lead to health inequities. 
So this strategy is part of the company's strength and commitment to be a leader in health equity. So um, you can see that our, CS, our CSR work really supports the overall mission of the company, which really does make it a more significant impact that we're able to achieve. So when, when we think about corporate social responsibility, it's their engagement in the community, supporting community. And when you're uh, on the corporate side and thinking about that, when you can do that work in alignment with the mission of the company, it's really, really much more strategic and much more effective. And so that's what we try to do here. And we're lucky we're a healthcare company. So creating a strategy that is focused on, on improving the health of our citizens is really important. And so that's what we try to do here at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts. That comes to life in lots of different ways too, I can add. You know, so we do that both by um, through lots of different levers. One is around investing in the community. So we work with our community partners um, from a, a, a community investment perspective. That's giving them financial support through either grants or sponsorships. Um, again, we think about it through our uh, the, the focus of, of health justice and the way we define health justice is around um, racial justice, environmental justice, and food justice. So we look to support programs and initiatives across the state that focus on these three areas. And then we provide them with financial um, support. We provide them with pro bono skills-based support. So we have uh, almost 4,000 employees across the state, and we try to support these the nonprofits that are focused on this health justice work with um, also with resources that they might not have because nonprofits oftentimes don't have resources at their at their or within their organization to do all the things that they'd like to achieve. So we partner with them. We really try to to listen to them, to convene them, and to partner with them on what the issues are that are really keeping them up at night. And then how can we provide them with the things they need to to achieve to overcome those issues and to really support the community with the missions of those organizations. So it's through financial support, through the skills of our employees, the skills and talents of our employees, um, and, and then also through governance. We, we, we work with our senior leaders, we train them, um, um, educate them and train them on what it means to be a, a board member uh, on a nonprofit board. Um, and we um, try to demystify what that means through these trainings and then support them in connecting to nonprofits um, that need um, governance, depending on what skills they might have at the company here. And then we we work to to get them onto those boards as well. And then we support them from a financial perspective as well. So we think about it kind of as a strategic relationship that has a financial component, uh, a volunteer component, and then a governance component. So that's kind of thinking about what our CSR work does in the community more specifically. Yeah, that's that's really great. Um, you know, it's it's so interesting to see how you kind of intertwine all those different kind of departments and ultimately moving towards the social good, which is, um, you know, obviously a really important thing. And um, I'd imagine like, you know, during your work, there's a lot of kind of hardships that come up that, you know, where you have to sacrifice something in, in order to prioritize that kind of corporate social responsibility. Um, what are some examples of that? And um, have there been any times in particular that have been tougher to kind of sacrifice or um, your experience with that? Yeah, well, I think that there's always lots of challenges that people face when they're doing their work each day. But I would say that one of the most um, challenging things that that happened um, for me, I guess, when I first came to, to Blue Cross, um, 
I was brought in at a time when the, the, when the company was really looking to make change. They'd always been involved in the community, but they felt that they weren't doing um, as effective a job as they could. And they weren't um, being really effective in, in how they were communicating that both to, the, to their own employees, as well as their external, uh, external audience. And so they wanted someone who could kind of come in and, and help with it from a communications perspective and from a strategy perspective and really kind of help the company think about what, what that would look like. And so a lot of the beginning, the things that I was doing in the beginning here were very challenging in that the company knew that they wanted to change, but change is always really hard. So I think that was probably one of the biggest challenges. And that um, occurred for many years as we were trying to to re rethink what we were doing in the community, getting all of our you know executives on board with that new strategy and philosophy, and then implementing that, um, it, it takes time. And so, and you want to do it strategically and thoughtfully, and you also want to do it um, when you think about corporate social responsibility work. You want to make sure that you're doing what the community actually needs. So there's a lot of stakeholders in that process that we really needed to consider as we were trying to, to, to forge forward with, um, with this new work. And so there were a lot of, we spent like a whole year probably, now in hindsight, I can say it was a listening tour, but, but at the time we were just meeting with as many people as we could, both internally and externally, to think about this work and how we could you know, um, most effectively bring it to life. And so after doing that, we also brought in a third party. We worked with a consultant who really helped us think through it and also validated what we were trying to do. So having a third party oftentimes can really help um, as you're trying to you know, change direction in your work. And so we did that as part of the process. And we looked at what we had done historically, and then we looked at where we would want where we wanted to go. And so, you know, again, it was changing people's mindset. That that's the hard part is really changing people's mindsets. So that was probably one of the biggest challenges that that my team and I faced as we were pulling this, together this work. But once we 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 started making some progress, we started to hone it down a little bit more specifically because we were originally very relationship based. So we we're trying to do all be all things to all people. And we were trying to spread, you know, sometimes they call it spread the peanut butter or throw the confetti as far and wide as we possibly can so that we can affect, you know, change and people, you know, spread goodwill. But what we realized in that process is we weren't really making much impact. You know, we were spreading it as far and wide as we could, but we weren't really making change. So we were trying to think about the work and how we can measure the impact and report on the impact. It made it a little bit more difficult. So we knew we had to have more of a focus. So we really started to, 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 to think about that strategy in a more focused way. And it was a definitely an iterative process. So, you know, we started over here, you know, to the left and we wanted to move all the way over to the right. And so we did, you know, but it was like steps along the way. So it took, you know, one thing you have to do is also be very patient. You know, change doesn't happen quickly. Although in hindsight, it might seem like it, it happened fast, but it, when you're in the, 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 in the moment, it does seem like it takes a little bit longer. So, you know, it took us a little bit of time to get that strategy as, as focused as it is today. So it took lots of years to get there. But as I mentioned, we now have this focused strategy on health justice. And now we can really think about that work more specifically. We can define that work as we do around racial justice, environmental justice, and food justice. And then we can think about the, the organizations that we should partner with in those categories. And then we can bring them together we can listen to what they what they're really struggling with, and we can think about how we can more most effectively help them achieve their goals.
So I think that that's one of the things that was really, you know, um, for us was really just thinking about, you know, how do we change people's behavior and 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 being patient in that process, listening and 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 um, and responding appropriately to all of the stakeholders in that as you're going through the process. Absolutely. Um, your answer was a great segue into our next question, kind of talking about health justice and how um, there are several factors that affect, you know, someone's access to health care. Um, so health inequity is still like a major problem throughout the U.S. and, of course, on a global scale as well. How does Blue Cross Blue Shield work towards addressing the country's health disparities? Yeah, it's a great question. And um, it's a it's like a, probably like a billion dollar question. You can't even say a million dollar question. It's a billion dollar question. So the way I would like to answer that question for, for you and your listeners today is that, you know, again, Blue Cross Blue Shield Association, you know, is is again 34 companies that um, come together across the United States to to do this work. And so what we do is we um we really look to do that. Um, locally. So what's most beneficial for the recipients of the service is how we can localize that service. So again, here in Massachusetts, um, we recently, when thinking about this, this question of health disparities, we recently contributed $25 million to support local healthcare organizations in their effort to eliminate racial and ethnic inequalities in care. So, you know, we're a payer. We we help people with their healthcare bills. Like, you know, we're we're an insurance company. So we we're on the we're on the payer side. So we partnered with the clinical side because that's really where the inequities are happening, is in, in the on the clinical side. But we're a partner for those organizations. So our contribution is part of a larger corporate plan to partner with the medical community to address health disparities um, across the board. So the $25 million in funding in Massachusetts is being distributed by um, the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, which is IHI, via grants to uh, physician practices and hospitals to assist in their equity improvement efforts and to help them prepare for the rollout of new contracts with financial incentives that are linked to the progress that they are able to help make happen in addressing inequalities at their organization. So it's we're funding them so that they can work with their employees, their doctors, their nurses, their clinicians to think about that from a that more of a grassroots perspective um, in the hospitals where they're actually working with the patients. Um, it's definitely, I would say that the most important aspect of this, this work and what will hopefully make it more the most successful is the localization that the Blue Cross Blue Shield companies are able to achieve because of how our business model is set up. Yeah, that's really great. Um, and yeah, there's so many different parts to it, I know. And I know you just, you spoke to it a little bit before, but um, what do you think the most important aspect of your role is, of your of your mer- many responsibilities? Yeah, well, I always feel like, you know, what I was just describing, sometimes when you think about the actual work and, you know, it's an insurance company and it's a financial services company, some of that stuff can be kind of boring. But the, the work I get to do, I think, is really exciting. And it's really, you know, um, it's about, you know, supporting the community, but it's also really about brand and reputation management for the company, for whatever company you're working on. When you're engaged in the community and the, and the work that you get to do, you know, you're, you're there because you care 
You're there because this is important for your employees. It's important for your customers. So it's really important that you're there. And then to, to, when you can tie it into the, uh, to the mission of the company, it makes it even more um, strategic and, and more meaningful. So I think that you know, that's a real important part um, that I wanted to just mention too. I would say that the most important aspect of my role at Blue Cross is having the assets and the support of a multi-billion dollar corporation to support the needs of the local community. So I, you know, I have the, I have the resources of this big company, um, it, it, you know, and then we, we're out in the community and we're listening and we're 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 um, trying to partner with these organizations that are focused on health justice. We can bring those resources to bear. So you know, like what I mentioned, a lot of times the financial aspect is really important. So being able to 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 um, partner and to do, you know, some sort of community investment is really good. And the organizations really appreciate that a lot because that enables them to do their work. But sometimes they just as much appreciate having a team of people come in and help them, you know, build out a new financial model or to think about process improvement at their organization. So there, the, a lot of the skill sets that we have being such a, you know, large corporation we're able to bring those skill sets to the organizations, to the nonprofit organizations as well that we work with. So they, they might get funding, which they really do appreciate, but some of these other assets are really important as well. So I think that, you know, being able to have those assets at my disposal when we're thinking about, you know, being engaged in the, in the community is really, really important. And then that helps those nonprofit organizations service their, their, um, the people that they work with. So, which, you know, most of the time is the most vulnerable members of our, of our communities. So we're really able to make a big difference. It's not necessarily always thinking about our members, you know, the Blue Cross Blue Shield members. We're, when we think about our work in the community, it's not necessarily to, to impact our members, but it's to impact the people who, who don't have Blue Cross Blue Shield as their insurance company. So it's really thinking about the most vulnerable people in the community. So again, having those, the assets of a big corporation the resources of the corporation and bringing those assets as a service to the community is really important. For sure. Um, I bet that a lot of the listeners right now are feeling very inspired and it's almost like your role has like, you're like directly responsible for, you know, contributing to like a somewhat like positive domino effect, if you will. Um, but as someone that's in one of your classes, I'm like, I'm very interested to know how your experience at Blue Cross Blue Shield influenced your teaching style and also, what are some things that you hope your students take away from your classes? Oh, great! Thanks. Great question. I'd say, you know, I, I really appreciate what you just what you just mentioned about about the work that we do. And I do feel like, you know, every day, you know, we're making um, we're making big change. You know, we're we're able to we're able to impact communities in a very significant way. So when I'm out in the community, I'm visiting one of our nonprofits or I'm, or I'm talking to some of the, the folks that they work with directly, and I hear about the impact that we're able to help those organizations achieve, it is so meaningful. It really, you know, you can really, it's it's tangible, it's it's measurable, and, and it really, um, you, can, you can feel that impact. So that really, is exciting and it really makes you feel at the end of the day that the work that you're doing is really important and I and I really appreciate being able to do that every day and represent a company like Blue Cross in the community doing this great work. I would say that um, what I hope that I bring to the to the classroom um, that I think is a little bit different than than maybe some other um, 
classes you might have is the real world examples. So I know a lot of times in, in school, um, you're, you, you do a lot around theory and that's really important. And it's really important to understand the theory behind the work and why this work, you know, whatever you're studying is what it is, is because there's some theory that, you know, has led to this this um, happening, you know, whatever whatever this, the, the focus of the study is. What I get to talk about in our class, so I, I teach a class called Managing for Social Impact, which is part of the School of Management um, at, at Boston College, is that we talk about corporate social responsibility and, and, the, and making social impact in communities across the country and around the world through work, whether it's, you know, directly at a nonprofit organization, or it's through a corporation like, like where I work and the impact that we're able to do in partnership with local communities across the country. So those real world examples are really important. And I, I know when I hear it and I talk to my students, they, they like to hear that. And what I also try to do is when we're talking about different topics, whatever the topic of the week is, I try to bring in other folks that do this work directly. So when we're talking about ESG, which is around environment, social and governance, investing, I'm, I try to bring in someone who, who's a subject matter expert in that area. When we're talking about sustainability, we're talking about climate change and climate action. I like to bring in someone who maybe is the director of climate and health resilience at an organization. Or, you know, so I really try to think about what the topics are and then bring in subject matter experts that are actually doing this, practitioners, who are doing this work day in and day out and really affecting change all across our country and around the world. And so we bring in you know, people that work at really small local organizations. We bring in people that work at national organizations and we bring in people that work at global organizations. And we hear about the influence that their efforts are able to make, the challenges they have, um, what keeps them up at night? The students are able to ask them directly, you know, what do they think? Why do they do it? You know, what are the challenges? All those kinds of things that they can ask those specific leaders. And I think that is something that I hope makes it a little different for the students in my class. To And at the end of the day, that they're not only learning about theories and, and why they're why it's important, but also hearing from subject matter experts and practitioners who are doing the work every day. Yeah, that's that's all really great. And um, you know, it's it's really interesting that you talk about kind of the aspect of like students choosing what kind of career they want to go into. Cause a lot of the times it feels like the company is the one choosing the the students coming out of college. And, you know, it's just a big pool of, of people trying to trying to get the one job. But for students trying to choose their company or choose the career that they want to go into, um, what do you think are some of the things that they should look for in terms of values or um, as you said, like experts, um, guidance, stuff like that. Yeah, well, I think you brought up a really good point in, in your question, because it is a two-way process. And that's what I really try to tell students. You know, oftentimes, you know, you, you um, I always tell people that, that I, I know you're being interviewed when you go on a job interview, of course, but I also think you're also interviewing. You know, you should be thinking of it that way, that it's a two-way process. And it's harder when you're younger and, you know, it's your first job. I know that's a harder concept maybe, but I, I think that it you should be thinking about that. I think it's a really appropriate concept because that's exactly what you should be doing because you want to make sure that, that this is the right place for you. You know, when you're, when you, when you start your jobs, um, you, you're at your work more than you're at your home, you know, and so besides when you're sleeping. So, you know, when you're awake time, there's more of it at work. So you want to make sure you're doing something that you really enjoy and that you're doing it for an organization 
that aligns with who you are as a, as a person. So, you know, I really try to, you know, talk to, to students and, and, and other professionals that are, you know, looking, you know, do, and doing a job search and, and saying that, you know, you should be interviewing them. You need to be thinking about what's the type of work style that works best for you. You know, what is the type of work you're going to be doing? Obviously, that's important. You know, that's the main thing that's going to get you to be with, you know, speaking with whomever you're going to be speaking with. But then you should think about what is the style? Who's the leader? Do I like this leader? Do I engage with this leader? Are there other members of the team that I can meet? If I'm going to be working on a team, what is that team like? Can I meet with other people? What, you know, what are their business practices? What do they, what do they allow you to do while you're at work? Do you, are you able to do volunteer activities? Do they support you in those volunteer activities? Um, do they find volunteer activities for you to participate in? What are the values that you think are important? And what are the values of the company? And so, you know, you can find organizations now. This is a really important part of, of companies right now is really trying to align their employees to their values. And it's it's a two-way street. Again, it's like companies want to find employees that like the values that they're putting out there. And then if and 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 they're always they're always redefining themselves and they're always trying to figure out what can we do differently? What what do our what do our associates want? What do our our employees want. And then with that, when they're attracting new employees, what do those new employees want? And if they're hearing certain things that those employees want, how are they responding? So, you know, really think about it as like, you're doing the interviewing as well, and you're trying to find the right fit for you. And so knowing more about your yourself is really important in that process. You know, Professor, I 100% agree, and I really appreciate you um, touching upon everything you just said, because this was like a concept that I and I think a lot of kids in our class didn't really think about. Um, I think it was someone that was a guest speaker, but I think he or she had kind of talked about how someone that was being interviewed asked, like, how is this company making progress towards achieving like something like net zero or just like positive sustainability? Um and that is a really important, you know, question to ask because you don't want to work in a company or be stuck somewhere that doesn't align with your own values, like you just talked about. And you know, if a company doesn't necessarily have values or sticks to it, then it's like there's going to be like that high turnover that we've discussed. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's really important. But so, what is something that you've learned, you know, I while working at Blue Cross Blue Shield that you think is most important? Um, and like maybe a follow-up would be what advice you would give to someone hoping to fill your shoes um, or in somewhat of a similar position to make the most impact. Yeah. Well, you know, I think what you what you said is really important too. And it's changing too. The, the, the world now is changing so much. And, and um, we just went through, we've lived through, we're still maybe even in a pandemic, which, you know, ha ha hasn't happened in over a hundred years. So what we what we've all experienced has been traumatic for everyone no matter where you are no matter what age you are we've we've had to rethink how we live how we work how we learn we you know just so many things have changed because of the pandemic and work is a big part of that and so you know thinking about the different work styles and 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 what works best for you and how companies are are evolving that and you know what's the hybrid work model look like and are people expected to go into work now and people have enjoyed working at home some people have some people have really enjoyed not having to commute some people miss being in the office the way that everyone works now is very very different 
So, um, I, you know, I think one of the, the one of the lessons that I've learned, particularly um, as a result of what's happening, um, it, what's happened over the past couple of years, is really to to be um, to to be flexible. Like flexibility is really important, and and. Um, you know, I, I actually really, I'm someone who really likes to be in the office. I love working with people. I, I really like um, interacting. I, I'm, I'm fine doing, you know, Zoom calls and things like that, but I really like being with people. I like going, I like the process of going to an office. I like being in an office where I can focus and I'm not distracted by things that are happening at home. That's just me. But um, the, the other thing that I've learned is that everyone has a different approach. So being flexible is really important, but also being tolerable to, to what other people want. So I like being in the office and I have a team of 15 people. Um, and so I, not everyone else does. And so I have to think flexibly about how they work and I have to be comfortable, you know, um, with people not doing everything the way I do it, you know, and I, if I want to be the most effective manager. And so that's an, another important thing is, you know, you got to meet people where they are, you know, you got to set set ground rules, um, but you need to be flexible and meet people where they are, and and realize that everyone might not have the same approach that you have, um, and and that's okay. You know, but if you let them have approach that works for them, they're going to be more loyal to to you and the work. They're going to feel more driven to 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 be productive. They're going to be more inspired to be engaged in the work. And they're going to be a better member of your team. So I think, you know, those are things that that I've kind of learned, um, particularly over the course of the past couple of years, which I would say is probably the most important things that I've learned in terms of the rest of my career. So, you know, things that I learned earlier in my career probably don't even matter anymore because the, the today, the, the here and now is very different than, than what it was even five years ago. So, you know, thinking about where we are and how we can continue to move forward is probably the most important. So I'd say flexibility and being understanding that everyone doesn't have the same approach that you have um, and be, having a, a willingness to, 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 to think about things differently. Yeah, thank you. Um, those are all the questions we have, but thank you for, for sharing your advice and kind of giving some insight into uh, social good and corporate responsibility. These are all really great points, so thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to, to, to work with you guys today. And I really, I'm honored to, to be included. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Professor. Um, as soon as like, I would say we started talking about corporate social responsibility, especially because I'm coming in from MCAS, I am completely unfamiliar with the corporate world. Um, I just like knew that we had to have you on. So thank you so much again. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure, really appreciate it.